0: This is
1: Night Audit, and you're listening
0: to Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to The Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of The Paradise Arcade. This week, we have very special guests.
2: <laughs> you say that every week.
0: Yeah. Well, they're all special. Hey, we, we only interview people we want to talk to. You're very special. So, that's tr- it's not a lie. I'm not placating. But we joining us is Destroyer.
1: Hello, and yes, I am very special for anybody <laughs> okay, and yeah. everybody that's listening. Good. I was going to just say the same thing, too.
2: You're very special. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, as always,
0: please follow us on social media. We are on Twitter uh, as the uh, Paradise underscore Arcade. We are on Instagram as the Paradise Arcade. We also have a vinyl Instagram account. What is it again there, Kyle?
2: Paradise Arcade Vinyl.
0: Uh, very complicated, obviously we're on Facebook <laughs> and you could listen to us on any platform of your particular choosing. So please do so like share, et cetera, and so on. Um, so you are a recent discovery for both of us. And like, it was a, a, a pretty wow moment for me listening to panic. Um, can you give a little background on yourself and, and your music um, journey how you got into you know, what you're doing now
1: well, I appreciate you listening to the album it's it's definitely a trip there's a there's a lot of samples that I've wanted to use in, in songs that I've been holding on to for a long time and I'm glad I just threw them out there and, and did it that way but I've been making synth waves since 20, 2014 around there before that I was into like trap and dubstep, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can I can totally make this music not a problem. And the stuff I made was absolute garbage. <laughs> cool. Well, it's good so that we, you didn't
2: have a problem doing that.
1: Oh, I know. I know. But uh, eventually, I listened to, I think, the very first experience of mine into Synthwave was Kavinsky's Teddy Boy EP. Okay. And I was... Yeah, I was a big fan of like Bloghouse and Justice and the the whole Ed Banger record label. And then mm-hmm. I heard Kavinsky and I heard Testarossa Auto Drive, and I was like, holy shit! It's like it's like Bloghouse and and like this '80s weird electro music. I love it. So that's kind of what got me into uh, into synthwave. And my fir- very first track I made was Night Run. And I released it as a single, and I had a, uh, I hired VHS Glitch to do the the artwork for it, which, it's awesome, but, mm-hmm. a couple of months after the release, Kavinsky posted the artwork on his Instagram, and was like, oh man, this guy's a copycat or something. Oh so, no! Oh shit! Yeah, it was bad. He he cropped out my logo, but everybody kind of found it on Bandcamp, and after that, I, I think I think after that, I. I got into like a Instagram beef with him and he blocked me. So I'm blocked by Kavinsky. (laughs) That is too bad.
2: I mean, I know that's a weird journey to be like, here's this person who inspired me and now we're mortal enemies.
1: Yeah. He's he's not really an enemy. I I hope we can have a, uh, a discussion about, you know, put everything in the past. He's probably forgot about it, but anytime I meet somebody and they ask, Oh, how'd you get into it? I'm like, Oh yeah. Kavinsky blocked me. So that's, <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> uh, the, I mean, one. that's some street cred. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Yeah, a little bit. So since 2014, uh, so you, you've been actually been doing this for quite a while. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, quite a while. I took a hiatus for like a year. Um, I didn't put anything out. Um, I, was, I was moving around a lot. I used to live in New York City. Um, I was moving around a lot. I just didn't have time to make music a lot but I started dating this girl who we eventually settled in Brooklyn for a few years and then all of a sudden I saw ads online for for Nightwave for um it's like New York's first dark synth show and I'm like oh my god we have to go so the first show I went to was a Halloween show and I got to meet you know everybody in the scene in New York that loved synthwave but uh, but meeting other people who love the same music and and I made the music, it kind of pushed me to make more music so I could show them, and, you know, it it was definitely a, a wake-up call for me to make more music.
0: I guess I can kind of tell, like, your your previous kinds of genres of music, or at least the influence of what you're doing now, because I think, like, listening to your music, there's definitely, like, a unique song breakdown and and, like, ramp back up that I think maybe traditional dark wave or synth wave doesn't necessarily have.
3: And I really love all the
0: samples in it. I just, the, how you use them in the songs are are really cool and add, uh, like I get, like it reminds me of being in an old arcade game or arcade and you're playing games and they've got the music in the background. You've got like, if you're playing like left for dead or those kinds of things, and they've got like the, the audio cues
1: for like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like absolutely. Like a narc city. I made with my friend Greg, who is a uh, Cobra Wipeout, and we're like, you know what? We want to make a song that's based on the, the video game NARC, because it's it's such a it's such an insane game. If you play it, it's so ridiculous and ludicrous, and it's like, oh, these two police officers are going around killing drug dealers who are trying to kill them. So we love like the cues in that, and I, I I was also a big fan of Time Crisis. I still am. So I use a couple of samples from that in the song too and it kind of made this this weird over-the-top action track
2: that track's a super is banger it.
1: too yeah it is thank you yeah it's one of my it's it's one of my favorites that i've made like i i really make stuff and i'm like oh yeah it's you know it's okay i hope other people like it but you know that's one that i personally enjoy
0: i say like every single song on panic is a banger like they're all it's so easy. You just listen to it and it just gets you amped. It's been my most listened I appreciate to album. that. Yeah. So it, it, I mean, it's really, I've just really enjoyed like the different, like it, it seems like many stories, like, and I don't know if, if, is there an overall theme to panic or is it just kind of like each song is its own thing?
1: So four of the, uh, four of the tracks, uh, cannibal girls, killer looks, um, and egg, not exit wounds, um, Death Mask, and she comes at midnight. I released uh, last year on an EP, and like one of my main inspirations for for music is like Rob Zombie. I love how he he's always yeah. used like horror, seventies horror, you know, old horror in his movies and, and songs, and I I've always admired that about him, and I kind of wanted to put that into some some weird horror wave type music. So I kind of expanded from that EP to, to make uh, to make this. And, and I, I actually, I met a lot of amazing people throughout the process. Like uh, Troy Dream Reaper did an amazing remix and uh, misanthropics from, he's from Brazil. He did a remix of killer looks, which is an insane banger.
0: And That's I'm like, awesome. you
1: know what? How do you yeah, outbang a out banger? Or like the cherries on top, <laughs> yeah, on, on the top, you yeah. know? That's
0: amazing. Um, yeah. So that I mean, that's really cool. I really like. There's just like your music is like it makes you want to get up and move and dance. And I like the, the like you know in Dark Wave There's a lot of like mixing of like thrash or like maybe not quite industrial, but it's it's a little more hard edge, a little more metal. And yeah and yours is like it's still like you want to get up and dance you want to get up and move not necessarily you know get get into a mosh pit and i really like the the those two things combined
1: yeah that's that's what a lot of people have said they're like you know i love your i love your music because you can dance to it and it's still you know it still keeps that vibe of like dark synth and synth wave and house so it's it's definitely something i didn't i didn't even think when i was making a lot of it like oh yeah, I want to make music that people dance to. It's I, I've tried to write like poppy synthwave songs, and they've always just turned into these dark, <laughs> dark tracks, dark synth tracks, and it's uh, it's, it's just I, I guess that's uh, it's something I have to work on. I have to come out with a super poppy song now.
2: I was yeah. gonna say it turned out well then. <laughs> that's you, you, how you're going. That's right. The outcome. Uh,
1: it, yeah, is, I think. Go the ahead. The most like retro wave track i think i've made was um uh i think like gradient dream years ago, and even that is kind of like you know it's sci fi it's it's more dark it's not that poppy but you know that's that's the best I can do when it comes to retro wave
0: <laughs> well i i mean i think you've carved out a niche that's very much you know your own and yeah i think if you know, more people get tuned onto it, they're going to be like, yes. Like, you know, like you listen to things and, and certain music just cuts through over others. And I think like your music stands very clear, you know, comparative to other, you know, people, if you want to throw the dark wave or whatever genre, like it's like destroyer. There it is. Panic. It's, it's, yeah,
1: I I I really appreciate that. I love, um, I wanted to do, uh, I want to incorporate, um, guitars in at least one of the tracks on the album um because i've been i've been i was listening to a lot of hair metal at the time and i'm like Shh, you know yeah. midnight danger like puts really 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 good you know he's really good at playing the guitar and i'm not so i'm a fan of this band wild street and i reached out to the guitarist dominic and i'm like hey you want to do like a riff for one of the songs like kind of do it hair metal power metal yeah you know synth wave and he's like yeah let's do it so that's where the title track came from and it's uh i i wanted to try to keep it different too you know i don't uh, not have like all of the same same song just a different name on the album so i think that uh mixing it up is interesting you know
0: yeah, it it really does seem like each song is like a little miniature story. Like a grind. It's almost like Panic is a grindhouse movie or a collection of grindhouse that's my goal. movies. That's and my
1: goal. Thank you, you so you much. You fucking that's did
0: it. That's wow. That's I can't even believe it. I just fucking thought of that. But yeah, each one is like did. its own little particular <laughs> thing. And so it's got its own little flavor, its own little thing that makes it unique onto itself, which yes. I really fucking love. So
1: thank you so much. That's. That was the goal. That's like the, the whole Rob Zombie influence on the album, making it just a gross grindhouse movie. Say,
2: <laughs> so When was the official release date of the album?
1: Uh, it was October 1st.
2: Okay. So yeah. I, I really yeah. have been sleeping on this album, and I missed out because I only discovered it a couple weeks ago. And the reason that it was brought to my attention is that somebody threw up like hey, here's this album. You know, maybe you should check it out. I know you guys like to have people on the show. <laughs> so he was actually thinking of this. And then that same oh. day, I saw somebody put up, you know, the link to buy the vinyl version in the Synthwave uh, Vinyl Collectors group on Facebook. So instantly I listened to the album. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Got oh, the I vinyl appreciate right away. I those two
1: people... Posting <laughs> about the album, and the thing was, it was like, it. yeah,
2: it was almost sold out. So I got one of the last few copies, and then I got it. Eric got one yep. of the last few ones.
1: And... Oh, nice! Thank, you. thank you so much. I actually have, um, I, I thought I sold out of them, and then I did a recount, and I have like, I had like a handful left. I had like seven left, so I just oh put them God. up on the website. Hey, just so you so. know,
0: I put, I
2: asked. <laughs> For it to be signed. Yeah, if you're if you're actually sending them out, please sign them for us.
1: I am, and I will take after the show. I'll take your names and just make sure I haven't sent yours yet, and I'll <laughs> sign them. Totally. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh my god. That's what we like more than anything so, else. <laughs> so. What's
1: What's cool about it is I wanted to like, I want I've always wanted to make a vinyl record, and you know it's very costly. Like I, I yes. think in the end. It cost over two grand for them. Um, but I put it up as a pre order and I'm like, look guys, it takes like, you know, three to four months and you know, the production and and they're like, Okay. I made fifty percent of the cost of the vinyls just by putting it up as a pre order on Bandcamp in I wanna say less than a month. So I was able to use that initial deposit as like, okay, they're um to pay the company. So they, uh, they started production on them. It was really, really, I, I didn't think it was going to happen.
2: See, that's when you know you're good. Cause yeah. like in synthwave, it's either it, it sells quickly, like right away or it doesn't at all. So yep.
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this, in the same company that's producing them produces records for wax work. So
2: mm,
1: okay, I have, I uh, yeah, the, that quality control. So, you know,
2: Now, is that part of the one, the subscription exclusive one? Is that part of that setup? I didn't look into that one. I got one of the regular ones. I didn't get the subscriber one.
1: Nice. So the subscription only one is the, uh, the record press has their own vinyl club and each month they release new, um, they release like a couple of titles, like better. You can only get exclusive colorways through them and panic on orange and red marble vinyl is only available if you purchase a one month membership to their vinyl club. You can cancel, but um, once you do, you're, able, you're eligible to, they'll send you a code, you can purchase the vinyl, um, you can redeem your code for it because of your monthly payment, and you get, they only made 50 of them. So if you're interested.
2: <laughs> if you are the collector who needs the more exclusive version, definitely That's, sign up for it, get it, and yes. then you can cancel, right? It's calling to you, Ross. Yes. Ross did get it. Please put it on
3: Discogs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, you made it a goal, a personal goal, to get vinyl pressed. Uh, Is the physical media aspect important to you? Obviously. Uh, I believe
1: it is, yes. Um, I've always liked cassette tapes. Um, I have a giant collection of cassette tapes. But um, I've seen, you know, I've purchased a lot of records as well, and I'm like, oh, you know the cassette tapes are cool, but records are like that's like the thing. You know, yeah. it's not like a DVD or a CD or it's more it's like, like the
2: disc of <laughs> optical media.
1: <laughs> exactly. Just, just the the sheer work that goes into producing a, a vinyl record is it's insane. And you know, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I think I've earned it. After how many years, I'll just get them made. <laughs>
2: That's amazing. Well, if I could think of any album that deserves to be on vinyl, it's this fucking album
1: right here, for sure. I I appreciate that so much. You and mean. it's
0: like, <laughs> it, it's like a rare. Th- I mean, the fact that you're able to do it when you did, since that plant burnt down in in California.
1: Yes, Apollo Apollo mastering. Yeah. They, Apparently, they do, the do um, plates for like ninety five percent of the. Um, of the vinyl industry and it's, it's, it's incredibly sad because like that equipment alone, they don't even make anymore. Like those machines to, to master stuff for vinyl, it's like very hard to come by. So that was, that was awful.
2: Yeah. The only other place that does it is in Japan and it's one old dude who hasn't wanted to do it for a long time yet still does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that other 5% of of uh, mastering plating factories are about to get really really busy.
0: Yeah, I was like, kind of thinking like it, it's an interesting position to be in because you would think this is a prime opportunity for another company to step in and and fill that in. But as you're saying, like some of that stuff it's, it's not made anymore. You can't find it. You, how would you even? Yeah,
1: it's. I mean, it, it's a good question. You know, I don't. I know. I don't know specifically what company um, that uh, New Orleans Record Press uses for their their plates, but I assume it's got to be Apollo Masters because they're like, oh yeah, we send it to them and they'll send us the the master in about you know three to four months. So they they were very very busy. But um, it's like it,
2: it it's a bad thing. It's going to screw some things up. But there is still another form um I think it's direct to metal mastering that yes. doesn't use a lacquer, so those companies yeah. can keep going i'm they'll be backed up, I'm sure because this has happened but can you- Kyle, can you explain to me that no, no, you don't know how i to... don't I, the mastering <laughs> process and what it takes I don't know all I know is that like yes, there is two companies that did lacquers one of the issues with doing masters for vinyl is um like, hazardous waste that's produced when you do it. No, There's yeah. a lot that goes yeah. along with that, but... I read that. I don't know that sorcery. That end of it is a mystery to me.
0: Yeah, because at first I'm like, oh, is it the shit that actually is goes into the records? Is it... But no, it's, it has to do with the, the things that
2: the, they're, they're copied off of, right? Just making the the master for all the other stuff. Which From is, what I gather, yeah, I don't know.
1: It, it's a uh, it's a process that I'll read about, but learning about it and doing it no no thank you. Like if you have the patience to do that, I commend you.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it, and also just mastering is a you have to do it in a very specific way for vinyl as well. So there's that other yeah. there's that side of it as well. I'm pretty sure Cat Temper is gonna reach out and clarify since he's a huge vinyl nerd.
1: Yes, he actually. We traded. Um, he sent me one of his records, um, and uh, I'm actually I'm sending his this week when I get back from New York. So I hope he enjoys it if he's listening. Sign it for him too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I will. It. He does listen. I, I've been so. throwing in. I've been throwing in random, uh, um, like stickers and Beavis and Butt Head trading cards and posters. Oh, to okay. posters, oh shit. So. That's
2: awesome. God, Yeah, I think a gifts. couple
1: of them I threw in t-shirts too, so you never know what you're going to get, you know. Speaking my language here. <laughs> <laughs> That's I awesome. always like that like when, when you order something and, you know, you get a ton of other stuff, like anything from Italians Do It Better records. Like oh, yeah. anytime I ordered a CD or a record I would get multiples of different stuff, you know.
2: Yeah, they're crazy. It's like you order a record, you get two more records and a bunch of posters that fold out and a whole bunch of other things. It's like am yeah, like, afford to do it's that? It's
1: not a good business model. <laughs> no.
2: I mean it's great for the, the
0: end user, but shit. As you're saying, vinyl I so your particular run, was it like a two to three hundred run? One?
1: Uh it one? was only a hundred. So that's only did a hundred. Yeah. It's it's
0: incredibly you know, expensive and you know, people have reached out yeah. to because kyle's more knows the people and such so people reach out to us every now and again and, and ask for costs and it's it's impressive mm-hmm. how damn expensive <laughs> she <shit> is, <laughs> is. Yeah, like a lot it's a lot it's a lot of money people are like i want to put it on a vinyl I'm like how much money do you have because it's gonna cost yeah, you a lot it's of
1: money. a lot of money it's it's a couple of g's and you know 10 years ago I wouldn't have been able to do it. i you know, I would have looked at the price and be like, "Yeah, thank you." But but now, thankfully, um, I was able to do it. And from that, a lot of people have have discovered, you know, my old stuff. A lot of people have bought, you know, Midnight Maniac, and um, they're paying for. I have all, all of my previous releases are free on Bandcamp. Um, so if you want them, you can go download them for free. But people have been donating extra money and i really appreciate that so
3: yeah
0: are you have you thought about releasing some of your earlier stuff onto like vinyl or is that was this kind of push like the big celebration if you will
1: this you know what it's a it's a good question um and i was thinking about doing a midnight maniac release on vinyl of like translucent purple just because it's like an imaginary soundtrack and i i collect a lot of vinyl soundtrack so i think it'll be cool to uh to release that on vinyl possibly sometime towards the end of the year though (laughs) right recovering saving yes recovering (laughs) financially saving um i I actually Mm -hmm. um a week i got married in new orleans and a week after i got married i got into a car accident someone ran a red light and totaled my car it was it was pretty bad but um I, uh, I I went through insurance and I should be getting a uh, a settlement soon and um hopefully that's enough to recuperate the other half of the vinyl costs.
2: <laughs> How long ago did this uh, happen?
1: This happened um November. So relatively recently. Uh, it's kind um, of dragging I've been their going feet. To a chiropractor, yeah. Yeah, it's a drag, but you know. Shit. What can you do? It keeps me in the in my Quote unquote" studio longer so. <laughs> so uh
0: have you thought about bringing panic as a tour kind of a situation at all i know we pre-show we we're talking about you know seeing live bands and it seems like you're pretty active um
1: i would love to do um i would love to do a few shows around the united states um thankfully um my really good friend sam valentine keeps recommending me for shows in new york um he runs nightwave and um without him i don't think i would be where i'm at right now when it comes to playing live like he's a show promoter he's been a show promoter for years and um he knows a lot of people and he always you know i hear he always says good things so um i'm hoping to do i have a couple of shows i haven't announced in the Northeast yet this year. Um, but I would love to do something in Atlanta, um, possibly Florida, uh, maybe go up to um, like the Pacific Northwest, like, you know, Portland and Washington, something up there. Yeah.
0: That there's would be there's definitely, you've got uh Sin City PDX in Portland. So yeah. there's a good, good deal going on there. Like, but what if ghost said, Hey, Come on tour with me.
1: If he said that, I would say, not a problem. What do I have to sacrifice to? Uh, <laughs> to what What, what do, you want to do I have to give up? <laughs> yeah that that would be, that would be sick. That's a goal. Also, you know, do like a mini tour with a band across the country. You know, definitely. It all depends on my work schedule, though. I I, I can't specifically say who I work for, but I work for the government. So. <laughs> Um, I have time saved up in case anything does come up like that, but that's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) All right. Destroyer's saying, Hey, if you're a band and you're on tour and you're cool and you're cool
1: and you're cool, you know, he's he's ready to third eye blind, you know, (laughs) not, Um, not
0: Nickelback though. That's not,
1: Hey, I'll go up to Canada. I don't care. I, I would love to meet a, um, Avril Lavigne, <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're married. I heard. I think they're still married. But is it the original
2: one to... or the <laughs> one that replaced the original Avril Lavigne when she died? Oh, oh yeah,
1: right. <laughs> forgot about her.
0: Now was it a, was it a clone or was it a reptilian
2: look? Or, or just a regular lookalike I don't know. Are we gonna dive deep
1: into this one? No, you know, I I think that's a. I don't know who would spend the money to clone Avril Lavigne, but God bless it. Uh, yeah,
2: so that's I'm saying. Just look alike. Sort of look alike. I, I think the yeah. differences have been pointed out multiple times on the internet. <laughs> right. That's the same thing with Absolutely. Andrew WK. Right, yes. Andrew WK as well has been replaced.
0: Yeah,
1: young Andrew WK does not look like Andrew WK now.
2: Yeah, that's the Wonder shitty thing about getting old. <laughs> well, here's, <laughs> yeah. But here's the funny thing. like, I think conspiracy theories are funny, and I just like to go along with them because it's fun, but having an actual conversation with Andrew WK about something, which he had no idea about, but the bass player knew exactly what I was talking about, <laughs> and them looking different, only kind of sort of makes it feel like maybe, possibly... That could be a thing. That's like Gallagher's. Where did, where
1: did you meet um where did you meet Andrew WK?
2: So when I had the conversation with him, he was on his motivational like speech tour. Oh, uh, cool. So he's going to city to city and like giving a motivational thing and then it like in our city it ended up being like a lot of people talking about shitty things that have happened to them, like saying, Hey, here's what happened to me and then AWK being like, That sucks party <laughs> no no it wasn't like, like that he was actually giving the he was giving really good advice like earthly advice like good stuff but i had seen him previously at um dosa keys was doing like a sponsoring a tour for him that were secret shows and basically you had to know about it and they were free and if you showed up at wherever it was going to be you could get in for free and was a that's great sick. fucking show. It was... Because they had all kinds of stuff going on. They would play their songs, and in between that, they would just play music as performers from around the world would do various things. Like, there was oh, some guy so cool. there who would go into a tank of water and hold his breath for, you know, try to break the record for someone holding their breath. Or, you know, you had a magician. <laughs> there was burlesque things. Strong man routine. All that and the other thing. So... They had done this secret show, did all that, came to my city a few years later to do this motivational speech thing, and I was asking him about, hey, you know, remember when you were in Minneapolis and you did this show and you were these other things, and then, you know, you handed me the, he handed me the mic and let me sing part of She Is Beautiful, which is my favorite song that he does, and I thought yeah. that was a really great moment in my life and I wanted to thank him about it, and he had no fucking clue what I was talking about.
1: Oh, my God.
2: He had no idea. But, like, behind me, his bass player was just hanging out on his phone and was like, oh, yeah, that show, that tour that we did, and I remember that city, and that was fucking great, and this, that, and the other thing. So we were I was just talking to him about it, and it was just like, how weird can that be? And I know that, you know, according to AWK, he's been, like, sober and hasn't been doing drugs for quite some time, so it's not like he was blasted out of his mind and couldn't remember what happened. It was just... Uh, you know small things it yeah just makes it yeah. seem like maybe this conspiracy theory might have some legs hmm. mm-hmm. could
1: be true i mean that's what you know you see a lot of people online dressed up like him and a lot of people are convincing so
2: and it's like you are right he does look different than he has previous times that i've seen him and i know that he's been like blasting his quads and shit and working out but yeah <laughs> like even in the face it's him. not quite the same <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. I saw him um at uh I've seen him a few times and the last time I saw him was at Riot Fest and um I got a poster signed by him and I was talking to him about Santos Party House. Yes. Was the bar that he owns in New York, yeah. The the bar that he owned in New York, it shut down. Uh, apparently um I was talking to him, I'm like, you know, I I really miss your venue. I saw many many great shows there. Um, One second, guys. My wife is trying to get in. Hold on.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm here. But um, So anyway, I was talking to him about his venue, and he was like, yeah, when we originally got it, we had this landlord that loved us, but the landlord company switched in the middle of his lease, and they absolutely hated the music venue. They hated, like, everything that, you know... All the shows they would have there, and they would get—they would have the police called every night, you know. My God, that sounds like a good thing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but uh, yeah, it was sad, and I'm like, you know what? You can always find the party somewhere, right?
2: It's a state of being, not a place or a thing. If you bring the party, there's a party everywhere you go.
1: Absolutely. Have you guys been to Riot Fest? I know you guys are. Up uh up in um Minneapolis. Up, up in no man's Does land. I have, either. Yeah.
2: I have not, you not tri- either.
1: You have not. Oh no, it's it's fun. It's definitely fun. It's uh it's a trip. I'm not going this year because I can't really afford it with all the other traveling I'm doing. But, you know.
2: All the vinyl you're pressing. Sad boys missing. All the out. vinyl I'm pressing. <laughs> yeah,
1: hashtag sad boys. <laughs> yes. For life. <laughs>
2: So um, I'm going to get off of the music thing here and ask right. a question. So from New York, now in New Orleans, which place, in your yes. opinion, has the better food?
1: You know, it's it's a very, very good question. But I would have to say um, there's, there's certain foods that we don't have down here that we had in New York. Like, you can't get really good, like, Szechuan. And you can't get, like, chicken over rice or halal food here we had a halal guys here and after a month it closed of me being here and i was highly depressed but um i would say in general i think i think new orleans has better food
2: okay. i haven't been but a lot of people i know who have gone or who are down there they they just swear that like this is food central in the united states like this is where you get the best stuff of anything
1: huh oh yeah yeah, I mean pizza you really you know, you can only get good pizza in New York and Jersey. That's that's my opinion. But, but even the me, pizza down here is comparable, you know. But let me ask you, why?
0: No one's, everyone always says New York, East Coast is a place to get pizza, but no one's ever explained to me what about it makes it
1: I think better. it has to do it has to do with the dough and it has to do with the water. See, that's okay, the thing I've that heard, I've heard most is the water. Yeah, is the water. Yeah, and I've heard chefs explain this to me before. They're like the the water consist, the dough consistency. In your most places are getting, getting dough. You know, made in bakeries, and a lot of the ingredients in New York, they're, you know, shipping from Italy. So they're like, oh, that's why it's good. But I I don't know a concrete reason. I've just heard everybody say the water. Anytime I ask that question, so I'm just going to go with the water.
2: Oh, okay. Because cool. I mean, I've definitely had pizza in California, which was not good.
1: Yeah. But... Yeah. Like, even California Pizza Kitchen is gross.
2: But and, it's like... And
1: my wife happens to be Italian, so... she <laughs> She's a better explainer of why um, certain Italian food is good in other locations.
2: Does so. she do the Italian hand gesture when she's talking <laughs> about it? So. Oh... <laughs> the gestures,
1: yes There was a, I took a photo of her the other night She was um, cooking dinner On the stove And she was wearing a uh, a nightgown With slippers and she had a cigarette in her hand <laughs> 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 Super pretty But I'm like, you look like A, a nana <laughs> Like you're a living meme so Jackie, they're asking me Why is uh, pizza better in New York and Jersey? The fucking water the fucking
0: water. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! Well, there's the answer. It's the
1: water. That's Same it. Thing with the Same thing with the bagels. Yeah, the, the bagels are better up there.
2: Okay, good to know. But I, think- I will say though that, like, even having bad pizza in California, it's still pizza, so it's all right. But it's not as
0: good. How shitty is that? Like, are everything- you guys? About California it's amazing,
2: except your food. You got tacos. But I, uh, tacos, that's, I feel like anywhere you can get a good taco. I hear people of like California,
0: Mexico is the only place you can get tacos. Well, some people say, oh, Texas is the only place you can get a good taco. Oh, shit, I don't know.
1: You know, chi- some chilies, some chilies I've been to make really good tacos. <laughs> 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 As a chilies connoisseur, I can say, uh, in some locations make really good tacos. But um
2: after your sixth McGolden light at Chili's, <laughs> all the food is amazing.
1: Yeah. We uh we just got back from a from a cruise we um to the Bahamas. We went on a carnival cruise and like I can't do I can't do a lot of cruises just because all of the food on cruise ships is just shit. Even the healthy options, it's just. Shit. And at the end of the cruise, you just feel like garbage. You're like, all right, I need to go home and like just, you know, fast and drink water. It's, <laughs> it's awful. Purge it all.
2: <laughs> but I feel like part of it's being shoved into like a bacteria stew tube <laughs> with a bunch of other people. You're just stuck there with them. Oh, Maybe yeah. that has something to do with it. Yeah, that.
1: you're just stuck stuck there on a ship and in one of the uh, one of the most popular restaurants on the ship was Guy Fieri's burger joint. So,
3: yeah. That was
1: it was good. It was good and and you can get like it's it's totally free, it's included and you can get like three burgers at a time if you want. It's it's just insanity.
2: Oh man, I would totally fuck that up. That is something that <laughs> yeah. I would do be like all inclusive, how many burgers do I get? I want all of the burgers.
1: <laughs> they had they had a burger where the patty was made out of nothing but bacon. It was just a bacon patty.
2: That's amazing. So, and, I have a good yeah. Guy fury story. So, in diners, drive-ins, and dives, he came here to Minneapolis or to St. Paul, and went to a place right next to where I live. Did a show, so they made a burger named it after him. I went there one day after work with my friends. Got his burger, and then my appendix blew up.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Jesus
3: Christ. <laughs> And that was my experience.
2: And, and the thing was, is I was like, I am going there and I will get their biggest burger. But I wasn't feeling so good. So I was like, I will get their second biggest burger, which was Guy Fieri's Big Bite, is what it was oh called.
3: My God. Oh my God.
2: And then after that, and like, I'm a big video game player. So one of my fr- I was in the middle of playing um, uh, Bloodborne. And oh, nice. I, I was at a point in the game where I was playing like the worst boss in the game. And we went back and my friends are like, you need to play it, you need to fight this boss. So I am just in complete agony and pain, fighting the most frustrating boss in this game as my appendix is blowing <laughs> up. It was the absolute worst <laughs> fucking night of my life.
0: It's that's amazing. Because oh. people talk about like, you know, speed running and doing like, you know, beating games on like the Dance Dance Revolution pad. Beat that while your appendix is blowing up. Oh, That's was, the next it was, challenge. It was
2: fucking terrible. Oh my god. It was oh. A special night. Yeah. Guy Fieri. Thank you. <laughs> For a Have appendix.
1: you guys heard of uh Heart Attack Grill?
2: Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I would fucking love to go there too.
1: Yeah, me too. But they I I absolutely I think it's confirmed. There's been a couple of deaths at the place.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think it's bullshit that I can't go there and eat free.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's a good point. They put you in a hospital gown, and the waitresses are nurses, and they like they have one. It's I think it goes by like the level of how much your arteries are going to be clogged. Yeah, like if you weigh like over a certain
2: that... amount, I think you can eat there free.
1: Yeah, wait, what? It's great. Yeah, it's in Las Vegas. It's in Vegas, and if you weigh, like, I think it's over 350, you eat for free.
0: (laughs) Something insane. (laughs) Yeah. We want to kill you. Come on in.
2: And that's happened. Come on in, yeah. Yeah. Burst. And, and it's
1: like Disney. Nobody ever dies on the property. They take you outside and then you die.
2: Yeah, because like you're in a wheelchair <laughs> in a hospital god so they'll just roll you on out and just like right to the middle of the like, street. Get the fuck <laughs> out! And there you go.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, if if you got a moment, you should really look it up and look at the shit that they serve there. It's it's amazing and awesome. And I just say that because I'm a person who loves to eat like complete fucking garbage. <laughs>
1: But yeah, it's, it's got almost five stars, though, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. How many Michelin they have stars? The... <laughs> 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 how many Michelin men?
2: Oh. All
0: of them. Goes... <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, is...
1: so the, the bigger the burgers, it, they go by the, it's they're called the bypass burgers. So it goes by how many bypass surgeries you have, so. The quintuple, the sextuple, the septuple bypass, and then the largest one, it's only five bucks, and it's the octuple bypass burger. It's eight patties, it looks like. So it
0: it goes by the bigger it is and the worse it is for your health, the cheaper it is, is what it sounded like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's probably, uh, because they don't want you to pay $10 to kill yourself. You know, I think that's... $5
0: $5 is the appropriate amount. That's thoughtful. Amount. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they're going to roll you in the middle of the street in a wheelchair. I mean, if you're going to die, what does it matter? Spend $500.
2: You're going to be dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cares. <laughs> yeah. They're rolling you into the ditch after that. <laughs> yeah,
1: Vegas is uh, is the epitome of of a, a state where the governor was like, yeah, we're just going to do whatever we want. <laughs>
2: And it works for it's, them.
1: It's amazing. And it works. You know,
2: Do what you want to do. Don't do what you don't want to do. <laughs> that should be Las Vegas'
0: slogan. All of them. I yeah. would sue their asses. <laughs> That's my shit.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, going back to <laughs> cruises, do you have any pro tips for those that want to embark on a
1: cruise? Um, I do. Um, don't don't bring a lot of luggage. Um, because to get off the ship, if you want to do it fast, you're going to have to carry your luggage and they don't let you carry a certain amount of bags and all that. Um, one thing I realized the last day of the trip is if you go to dinner, like dinners included every night, um, you can get more than one entree. And I didn't know this and I'm sitting here getting one thing a night to try everything and they're like, oh no, you can get a, as many as you want, and I'm like, oh, wait, what? Okay, yeah, yeah, like you can get, like you can get the chicken, the steak, and the shrimp if you wanted to. You can get three entrees. I didn't know you, this.
2: you can get the land, sea, and air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I'd like the land, um, sea,
2: and air, sir.
1: Yeah, and if you're going on, I, pers- it's a personal preference of mine. I don't like going. Um, I don't like being on a ship with the same people for, you know, more than three days. So you go on a seven day, just realize, okay, uh, I'm in it for a week, you know.
2: As a person who's never been on a cruise before, would you say it's possible to just wear a robe the entire time and nothing else? (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Nothing else. Nothing else. Just make sure it doesn't open. If it's if it's windy out, just make sure it doesn't open. I feel
2: like that'd that'd well. a, that would work well. It's adjustable to the amount that you eat. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, that's the real reason. It's just
0: streamline the process. Loosen the belt a little. Because you can get three entrees at once. You can get all the entrees at once if you want.
1: You can get anything you want. Yeah. And I didn't know this. The only thing they... You have to pay extra for the drinks. Like you got to buy your own soda. If you get the drink package, you got to get your own alcohol, but it's totally fine.
0: I have been on a cruise and did did you wear a robe? Uh, No. I guess you did it wrong. I did. I definitely did it wrong, but I ate like a pig. That's for sure. And I was drunk the entire time. I will say so, yeah. did you have to buy a drink package or was that part of the all inclusive uh, No it's like they, they nickel and dime you so they're they're going to like do a sort of like a here's the generic basic bitch thing and then all the other <laughs> stuff they they tack on so like if you're planning on boozing it, you're still going to pay but they just reduce. I don't even really know if it's worth it cuz i think like it's like maybe 100 extra bucks for the drink package can you bring your own booze people do so they put them in camelbacks you can, mm.
1: you can. You, you're allowed one they say one bottle of wine to get back on the ship but honestly like especially with carnival getting back on the ship after you've you've docked and you're going to like the nassau bahamas or something and you're coming back you can totally sneak on bottles of uh of liquor i've done it before but they do not you're like that because yeah. that's how they make most of their money
2: yeah
0: because, like, a drink yeah. there is, like, 8 to $15 for one drink. So it's, yeah. like, downtown it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> an
2: average night.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a $15 drink. But, this, like, I went, and it was some years ago. I mean, it must have been, like, seven years ago at this point. So I'm sure it's more expensive now. You could actually attest to this, Chris. Is it more expensive now? How much drinks
2: on a cruise?
1: Oh, dude. They're, like, I think a beer. Um... I think a beer was like nine bucks.
2: What the fuck? something,
1: something crazy? Yeah, um, it it also depends on the bar you go to because there's like there's fancy bars and then there's like regular sports bars. They're they're all they're all disguised to look like these are all in the same damn the same ship. <laughs> West yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I th- the drink package it was like fifty bucks a day and and I think the limit is like ten drinks. A
0: day oh worth you, it
1: if you, you factor that in it's it actually it pays for itself if you're gonna drink a lot but if you're not gonna drink a lot
0: you know i would just if you're gonna go on a cruise my number one suggestion is to be constantly drunk
1: i thought you were just gonna yeah.
0: say don't go on a
2: cruise.
0: <laughs> 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 well you know you can get the coronavirus now that's part of the package it's an extra oh. thing yeah
2: Yeah, that uh... I would like a Corona with (laughs) Lyme with my coronavirus.
1: (laughs) What is (laughs) Was it that Royal Caribbean ship um, that docked in Bayonne has like 20 something people on the ship with the virus? So they're not letting them off.
2: I've seen that movie before. It was called The Hot Zone. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like it's kind of like 28 days later in a way. You know, without we'll the running around killing people part, you know.
2: It could happen. We don't know yet. Could. I'm still waiting we don't know. for
0: this to turn into like a Cronenberg movie where they start to mutate and do some weird the shit. The Cronenberg virus. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I love
1: I love Cronenberg. I, I, I absolutely love That's actually, so the album cover Panic is based off of a Cronenberg movie. Which one? Um, um I believe it is, let me pull it up right now. I don't remember the exact you know,
2: and also let us know who uh, did the artwork. I'm
1: such a such a film uh connoisseur, and I don't know. So it's hold on a second. I sent it to my friend Andrew who's the artist and he's uh he's an amazing artist. He's done stuff for like Street Cleaner and um I did thought stuff it for looked out for familiar.
2: yeah. Street Cleaner had amazing... the last album had amazing artwork on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that was Andrew. You can find him online, um, AC Tremblay Art on Instagram, and he actually he's um, he's also Stranger. The um, oh,
2: so that um, okay. Found Footage is my yes. favorite track on the album.
1: Thank you. Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> most of that, most of that was Andrew. Like you, I, I sent him something and he sent me. He's like, oh, okay, um, I gotta stop working on this, otherwise it'll be my song. <laughs> so, wow! yeah okay. so that's fucking it's a crazy. good it's a good song but the um but the artwork is based on the cronenberg movie rabid okay all and, right um if you look up some some old movie posters of that movie you'll see something similar to what i have going on a panic and it kind of it kind of made sense to use that as an inspiration because it's just you know it's just a rabid mix of music
0: so let me ask a loaded question then. What do you think of John Carpenter?
1: I I like Carpenter. He he's a uh, he's he's one of my inspirations too. I would say he's like a, I think everybody you talk to in like the dark synth community, anybody that kind of produces the same music is they're huge John Carpenter fans. I met him. He's a very nice guy. Um, he uh, he actually signed a thing poster for me which i haven't displayed yet but yeah I, I like his um his uh his album yeah, i love his music his what was it Lo- it's, um, lost it's lost the name of his album
0: so there's lost themes two. i think there's a there's another one and then there's what's the one where he does the all the theme songs because there's that one i think there might be like three albums out
2: i think there's yeah. Three, yeah
1: yeah and I think he did it with his son too, Yeah. Um, Lost Themes. Yeah, that's an amazing album. Definitely. I, Halloween, I, a lot of people say Halloween is, is a great movie. I love Halloween.
0: I think, I mean, I would just say I love all John Carpenter Yeah, movie. I mean, that's yeah, It's yeah. easy. It, that's an easy way to go. Did you know it's the yeah. 25th anniversary of In the Mouth of Madness?
1: I did hear about that, yeah.
2: Yes, LMO Draft yeah, House is doing a thing for that. Yes, they are. I forgot.
1: Do you guys have a Alamo up there?
2: We
0: do. We do indeed. Yeah. Oh,
1: lucky. Yeah, we had. We, I had one in uh, New York that I would go to in Brooklyn all the time, and there's none. There's none out here. Like the closest one, I think, is uh, in Austin. So Jesus, it's a, so a haul. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's a ways away.
1: Yeah, definitely. Have... And um, we don't really have like like in New Orleans it's so weird. There's no, like you would think, Oh yeah, there's, there's gotta be a movie theater in the city of new Orleans. There's none. There's like what two one? small screen theaters and they only show like one release a, uh, um, a month. And it's, it's crazy. Like I have to, we have to go outside into the suburbs to actually go to like an AMC.
0: Holy shit. So uh, let me ask you this. So you're, you're a new, new orleans now what are some of the biggest differences you know being from the east coast and then going down to new orleans like is
1: th- one of the major things that stood out to me i went to go see health perform um and it's a it's a spot it's like a punk bar that has a stage it's called one Eye jacks and i was in i was standing right in front of the stage Right next to me was a guy with a giant buck knife on his belt. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs>
0: this, that's this, First of all, that
1: would never, never happen in New York. And I'm like, wow, it's like the, it's like the Wild West out here. Um, that's, that's the one thing that I've noticed. There's people that walk around with um, – my friend Sam was telling me when he was down here for the wedding. He's like, yeah, we just saw a guy. Um, doing tricks with a knife, walking down the sidewalk. And I'm like, Oh, cool.
0: That's just the thing you do in <laughs> New Orleans. So let, let me ask you this. You've been to one eye Jacks. Have you yes. heard of Dax Riggs? I don't think so. So um, Dax, it was in a sludge metal band called acid bath and they were oh, okay. sort of popular in the mid nineties until their bassist died and he's gone on to do solo stuff, and I know that Dax plays One Eye Jacks fairly often, and he does like I these... have to
1: check him out.
0: Uh, so he he's more like like John Fogarty meets Roy Orbison meets uh, David Bowie now, uh, as opposed to like the sludge metal of the early nineties. But if you haven't heard mm-hmm. Acid Bath, check it out. They're they're kind of the. I think now when you listen to them, they kind of sound like, yeah, I've heard that before, but like when they were doing it, like they're the pioneers of sludge metal besides like crowbar. So, Oh yeah. yeah. Um There are two albums they have out are amazing.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love, uh, I love like sludge metal like that. Um, we had a, we had a couple of friends in New York that owned a, uh, a record shop in uh Bushwick. It was called vinyl fantasy. And, <laughs> my, my friend Joe my friend Joe like some of the people that would come in and shop they, they were just like looky-loos and he didn't like them so anytime he would want to get people out of the store he would just put on sludge metal There you go. and he's like I would count how many seconds they stayed in the store <laughs> and if they stayed you know over a minute then he's like okay then they actually tolerate this and he let them stay but you know
0: let them stay respect like yeah
1: respect yeah. It's the way to go.
0: Because yeah. <laughs> if he was like actually just trying to be a dick, he could have played like Aerosmith's, uh, you know, like
2: the song from Armageddon, whatever that song. Oh, is. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like there would it, people would hear that outside and come in. They'd be like, "Oh, what's going on here? Ooh. Is this Chili's?" <laughs> 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 I
1: fucking love Chili's. Oh, oh my, my god. god, that that's so. When I was a kid, I all like the 90s were filled with just sappy gross love songs and my mom would listen to them all the time and one of them was um yeah i don't want to miss a thing by aerosmith like every time i heard that song i would just cringe i'd be like oh you want to commit suicide I hate the I get sappiness <laughs> could you yeah, say like, that has influenced kinda... your music now? <laughs> Yeah, everybody was kind of like making up for how crazy they went in the '80s and all the drugs they did, and now they're like, "Listen, babe, <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry." <laughs>
0: I think there was clearly a paycheck involved in that song.
1: A big, oh yeah, fat
0: paycheck. I, I can't imagine the royalties they make. Well, I can't imagine the royalties they make up of everything they do at this point.
2: How bad do you think Run DMC feels like? Be like, we bitch, we reinvigorated your fan base. Oh yeah. <laughs> and now we aren't doing anything and you're this this huge thing right and they were like yeah.
0: getting blasted on coke even then like when they're doing the run dmc st- like stuff like- oh that's when
2: they were like at their worst i'm sure
1: oh yeah yeah totally that that was a uh that was a good time in music too <laughs> yeah to, to <laughs> you're correct the, the so. whole I'm a huge Rick James fan too. And I'm like, God, man, I wonder what Rick would have been like without cocaine, you know?
0: Do you want to know that answer? (laughs) No, you don't want to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was mad TV that did a, did a sketch that, that always makes me laugh. It was when he was helping, when he was helping Eddie Murphy, write the song boogie in the butt. And (laughs) 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 the guy who played Rick James would come in and sit down and he'd be like, OK, I got to go to my car. And he would get up like every two seconds and he would come back and just sniffing.
2: I feel like Mad TV is highly underappreciated. Yes. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah, some early of the Mad funniest, TV.
1: The Kenny Rogers jackass bits that they would do. It's you know,
2: what? it's funny that you mentioned that because I made people watch that maybe like a week ago because I was like, have you ever seen this? <laughs> do you know about this? Oh. Oh.
1: I do This, this is the best. Did we just become best friends <laughs> right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That everybody talks about SNL when I'm like Mad TV oh. was so goddamn funny.
2: It was so much at the time that it was really going. It fucking killed Every Saturday Day. night live. It, it was killed. so much better. I get for me like yeah. it's in living color
0: and Mad TV. Like SNL oh, wasn't yeah. even a factor.
1: Yeah, it was it was super offensive too, and I'm like, I, I rewatched some of the skits <laughs> that I love, and I'm like, they would never get away with this now, you know? It, it's it was so, it was brilliant because he, the the female comedians on that show too with the like the one that did Oprah, um, I forget her name.
3: <laughs> yes, she played
1: Oprah and mm. and Steadman, and he's like, it, it was like it. They were together and they were on a hill and she gets into like a, a porta potty and he just shoves her down the hill in the porta potty and he's like, That's for throwing away my Xbox
0: <laughs> Got I think it like Dave Chappelle ripped off a lot of his skit ideas. Because like Dave Chappelle ended up doing things like Rick James and Oprah and Stedman and oh, all yeah. that stuff.
3: Yeah. Maybe that, it was just a natural progression. Right. Maybe. Because Oprah's been a little But yeah, speaking
2: ever. of shit they could never like Chappelle show it never happened now. Never. Not
1: even fucking no.
0: close. Every time he I releases a comedy special, they try to cancel them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean his his most recent Netflix special was amazing. It was so funny and clever and um I think it was two. Was it two thousand and three? I remember Chappelle show premiered right after the um, Operation Iraqi Freedom started because I remember like watching those news reports and then watching the premiere of Chappelle show. So
0: that is a um, very interesting I, way to like it was, time frame that. Yeah,
1: it
2: was crazy. I remember he went on tour right before the show started, and I went and saw him for that, and it was. It's like, you know, I had seen... I must have been great. I, oh, It was out of this fucking world. Because, you know, I remember seeing his specials. You've seen the same shows where he does the yeah. same jokes and all that and the other thing. Every joke yeah. he did on this tour, I have never heard before, nor have ever heard since. And it was out of this fucking
1: world. It was so good. It's amazing that, like, you know, comedians, like, traveling comedians... It is so hard to come up with, with even a half an hour of, of material to make people laugh. And I can't, I can't imagine, like, coming up with a completely new set that's an hour long of your jokes that just make people crack up. It's, it's such an art form, you, you know? Yeah, I but, think
2: people died at that show. <laughs> I seriously <laughs> do. Because <laughs> it was so good and people were laughing so hard. They were, like, crying and you couldn't breathe. Somebody had to have died. Even the opener that they had, like if I just went to that show and saw the opener that he had for him, which I sadly can't remember his name, that guy killed it so fucking hard too.
1: oh, yeah, he always had great openers too, when he would travel um there's another comedian that that I've seen a few times, um a New York comedian, Jim, do you know Jim Norton? Oh yep, I do, yeah, yeah, he is he I saw him once and i I was crying, I couldn't stop. It was so funny. It was just an hour of that.
2: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Did but, you so Kyle, yeah. did you
0: see Dave Chappelle when he came through the last time or was that a
2: I didn't get to see one of those. That was like a, it was announced like two days before and you had to spend a bajillion dollars yeah, and there, there was only like thirty seats. So no, I didn't get to see that, That's unfortunately. Sad. Said. But I also don't feel like it would have the same feeling as that show that I saw like in the early two thousands.
0: He's still doing exactly what he's doing though. He's not fucking changing anything for anyone. It was a special time.
1: Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I'll yeah, let you know, it, it, it was a it was a special. It was a different time back then. Do you remember Dane Cook, speaking of oh early my 2000s, God. comedians? Jesus
2: I was Christ. just talking about him the other day. I forget what it was about, but I think I was talking to my stepdad, and I was like, this is this guy, Dane Cook. I don't know what happened to him. I think he's dead.
1: <laughs> well, he, he yeah, he was popular for, like, for a little bit, and then all of a sudden he, he dropped off the face of the earth, and it came out that his brother was actually his his manager at the time and was stealing millions of dollars from him. Oh, oh shit, fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. They they like his brother and his brother's wife who was his I guess sister-in-law um where they found money in the freezer frozen in spaghetti pasta like tons of it. And that was, you know, how many years ago and he's He's like, Yeah, you know, I forgive my brother like it, it's so crazy, you know. Can't trust no one.
2: <laughs> I am I the only one who thinks it weird that thinks it is weird that they froze money in pasta? Like who the fuck freezes pasta? Yeah. <laughs> sauce I can they see, have, but pasta, pasta sauce, that's, that's, that's fucking weird. Sorry, I said pasta. Okay, no, so pasta, it sauce. was in yeah. sauce. But then again, like, spoke. why would you fucking put Money and
1: sauce. Why? Why? his last name last name was Cook. So hey, there it is. (laughs) Boom. A cook of the sauce. Uh, That's good. Cook of sauce. You you could see many of those jokes if you come uh, see me tomorrow in Knitting Factory in Brooklyn. (laughs) Name dropping. Oh boy. Boom. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm name dropping. Name dropping.
2: Dane Cook.
1: No, no Knitting Factory. (laughs) Like that's. I know know
2: that.
0: God, what the fuck happened to Dane Cook? That you got me thinking. Like, I haven't thought about that
1: dude. I got to look it up now. I don't even know. He's dead. He's dead. (laughs) He has to have died. (laughs) He's not
0: dead. (laughs) Might be wishful thinking. It's like he did Waiting For, (laughs) and
2: it went direct to video, but it didn't go to any streaming service, so nobody knows about it.
1: Uh, What do you guys think of the new uh, um, Adam Sandler movie? Uncut I gems. I didn't it? get to
2: see it. Yeah. Everyone that I know who has seen it has been like, "This movie is fucking amazing."
1: It's it's so it's very good. And seeing Adam Sandler like that, it's like, "Oh, you're the same guy who was um, who was your your twin sister in that movie." Remember that?
2: Oh <laughs> you yeah, he played
1: a oh. female version of himself, and it's just like seeing him like that. It's Oh, you can act seriously now.
0: I, I, You know, I'm not really that surprised, like, comedians yeah. being able to do dramatic roles. It's like when Robin Williams did, um, fuck, uh, that movie,
2: Matt Damon. No, or that oh. movie with, with Robert De Niro, Awakenings. Where he worked at, like, the fake Walmart.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, One Hour Photo. Yes, that one. Yes. Yes.
0: It's like, I'm not really surprised uh, about that because he's like clearly manic depressive. So like,
1: yeah, that is that is a good point. Yeah. I mean, Billy Madison, though, like that's top top five for me in cinema. It's like, like, what what day is it? October. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Norm Macdonald. He's another one of those comedians. That's just like, you know. It's just genuinely hilarious.
0: I don't know if I can handle myself around Norm MacDonald because just the way he talks about anything is really funny.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd lose my
0: shit constantly.
1: (laughs) You watch uh, um, Mike Tyson Mysteries? What? (laughs) What? Have you ever heard of Mike Tyson Mysteries? No. No. How do we not know of this? Because this sounds fucking amazing. (laughs) All right. It's, it's a show on Adult Swim, okay? And it's a cartoon. And it's Mike Tyson, uh, a pigeon who is played by Norm MacDonald, a ghost, <laughs> and his stepdaughter. And they're in, like, some weird Scooby-Doo-type universe where they go out and solve mysteries, but they wind up just making everything worse and awkward.
2: Sounds about you right. You have
1: to watch the show. Yeah. Oh, my it's, God. It's so goddamn funny. And Norm MacDonald as pigeon... Is constantly drunk or high, or you know, saying offensive and funny stuff. It's it's great as he does.
2: This you know, this really reminds me of a thing because one of my friends posted a picture of the director of Parasite, who is making two of the Oscars kiss each other, (laughs) which made me think of the time where Mike Tyson had two pigeons. He was like, "No kith."
0: (laughs) (laughs) It
2: all comes full circle, right now.
0: So circle. Cool. Now did you happen to see Parasite at
1: all? I did not see Parasite. Wow. kind of like opposite. Like I'm going to watch it on the plane um, tomorrow. Here it's really really good. It is good.
2: It's it is a very like the best way that I can describe it as is like a very Korean movie. If you're into like the Korean revenge movies, oh yeah. It it yeah. goes right in with that stuff.
0: You know, to me it's crazy that that movie it won the Oscar. And it was, as you said, it's very Korean. Like, it is through and through, it does not like pander to American tastes at all. And it won like a boatload of Oscars. So it's like, is that by accident? Or are we finally like, oh shit, this dude's really actually talented? Like, I, yeah. Like, I know that like his shit's hot, but
2: I think he, it might have had something from the last award show. Where he just like smoked the audience, because he had his translator translate. Is like once you can get over the one inch wall of uh, subtitles, there's a lot of good movies out there. Ooh. They did that oh, yeah. at his acceptance speech. Damn. It's like oof, it's bringing the fire. Damn. Son. I think some yeah. people might have been like, yeah. ooh yeah, let's not be
1: fuckholes about it. <laughs> But Yeah, that that's a movie like I've I've caught myself um just trying to put on movies lately and just walking away. Like that's a movie you gotta sit and watch because it is subtitled. But it kind of forces you to stay there and watch the movie. You, know? you
2: it, being invested in that movie is totally worth it's it. It's totally worth it. It is a yeah. Really- Did you hear though that somebody at the Oscars some... I don't know who, who she was from, but asked him, like, why did you choose Korean actors in the Korean language to have your movie in? It's like, oh. Uh, wow. Oh. That's, that's why oh. people hate America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, of things like yeah, that.
1: Why did you choose? Oh. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's embarrassing. I would be embarrassed.
0: They, those people <laughs> should be embarrassed.
1: But yeah. she probably wouldn't yeah, cut herself. I don't know. Yeah. I know. Probably need to start, you know, blasting that everywhere and just be can you believe she said this? <laughs> it's like
2: really? Okay, wow, I'm a Korean director who made a Korean movie with Korean
1: actors <laughs> about a Korean. In story. Korea.
2: Yeah. It's a Korean
0: culture things. It's it, But you know, I would highly recommend it. It's really it's and I shouldn't be surprised, like his shit's hot. Like it doesn't matter what he does, it's really good. Yeah.
1: So he's just a good director, you know.
2: South Korea right um, now is they've been making really good movies. I saw the Gramps, devil is uh, like one of my top, top picks. Have you seen I Saw the Devil?
1: I have not seen that. You should probably watch have you that seen, first. Have you seen Train to Busan? Yes. That was really good. That's, like, the most recent Korean film that I've seen lately. I'm, I'm big into horror, so... Um, I'm looking up I Saw the Devil right now.
2: But that's, like, and, um, the Korean revenge movie. Like,
3: that oh,
2: no. genre is... It's way up there. So, other than that, I would also suggest The Chaser. Uh, sympathy for okay. Mr. Vengeance. Sympathy for Mrs. Vengeance. And then I, I got to think that you've seen Old Boy.
1: Oh, I've seen Old
2: Boy. Yeah, I have that. Yes.
1: Um, collector's edition.
2: But not like the American a, version
1: of Old Boy, though. No. No. There, um, there's this. Uh, so there was this old movie that came out. It, it's a Spanish movie. Um, it's called Record or just R-E-C. And it's a, it's a zombie movie. And it's, it's kind of like this coronavirus thing happening where they go into an apartment building of people that are infected and they get locked in there. So it turns out the people that are infected are zombies. And it's like a, a first-person camera um, movie, which a lot of – that's an acquired taste for people. But they, they redid the movie for American theaters and they called it Quarantine. And it was shot for shot, the same movie. Just different actors and everybody spoke English.
2: And, and I'm, I'm like, guessing it was probably way worse because I'd haven't seen
1: yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it was I think way the worse. Main girl was from the main girl, and it was like from a, one of the scary movies. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, I think so. I, I forget, but I, I like. I, I didn't take it seriously, you know.
0: I think this is. I think Par- like Parasite is going to be the one of the first. Movies not adapted back into English, like
2: it's just oh, somebody gonna... will fucking ruin it. No, I
0: don't. I don't think so. I think it's it's gonna get it's gonna be spared the Americanized treatment. That's what I'm hearing. I hope
1: Will Ferrell's in a movie. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> he still does movies. Yeah, yeah. So there's a movie called Downhill that's coming out, and it oh, that's good, right. So
3: yeah,
1: I decided to look up the movie and the movie has been done already just except it's it's in it's a swedish movie and i looked at each trailer and the trailers are like the same thought you going to say <laughs> it was a, a james it's bond movie <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i don't think anything is sacred anymore you know
2: <laughs> no everything that's old is new again they just redo everything it's it's awful and if it's cool yeah. but in a different language or from a different culture it's going to be remade
1: Oh it's, yeah. It's like I yeah, could like if it gains traction, like the grudge, you know.
2: I mean, I couldn't believe it when they were going to redo Old Boy. It's like here's Josh Brolin. Here's here's American Old Boy.
0: Brolin.
2: Uh, Brolin just it. <laughs>
1: Like you gotta you gotta know like people that were fans of the original movie are probably not gonna see the remake because they're just going to be pissed off
2: i saw it because i knew i was going to be pissed off so oh, that's okay. a thing too so you hate like you hate watch i went into it i was like this is gonna be fucking awful i'm gonna go and I'm going to be so mad <laughs> and i was so mad it was awful but they got my money yeah <laughs> so i don't know i might be part of the problem because i went to see it
1: yeah because because they have your money now um do you have you guys seen the Netflix documentary "Don't Fuck with Cats"?
0: Yes, I have watched oh, this. I've seen like, I've seen like okay. twenty minutes of it.
1: Okay, I couldn't. I couldn't take my eyes off of the TV when I was watching that. It's three hours long. Holy I happen to have. It's, it's three hours long, but I it's three
2: episodes. Ahead. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's three episodes. It's divided up an hour each, but I happen to have between my wife and I four cats, so. It was kind of like so you're a crazy okay, cat I have person. Have to watch this. I'm a crazy, insane cat person. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's one of the most fascinating things. I I remember hearing about it years ago, but watching it unfold was like it was better than a movie. You know what it, I mean? It is it happened in real life.
2: It's pure insanity because this guy is just oh yes, I totally you should watch it. I'll be if honest, you with you. Here's the
0: thing. I'm not into animal cruelty like I can't even remotely stomach it
2: you know what when I first started watching it I was like 10 minutes in and they're talking about like this person watching the video and I thought they were gonna show it so I was like fuck this I am done with this I will not watch this I skipped
1: through it I skipped through some of it because I'm like oh man I don't want them to show it it's gonna be messed up but they like they don't actually show anything
0: okay yeah because like i i just can't i cannot do it i just and so like it was getting up to a point where like i felt that they were about to show the the video or surveillance mm-hmm. footage and i'm like i can't do i just physically i can't do it i'm not gonna i have to shut this shit off because and plus it just yeah. pissed me off the idea of like this dude doing heinous things the cats just Upset you, me. You
2: gotta power through it because th- the story is pure insanity. Oh my god! It is out of
1: this world. It's out of this world, and it, it there's so many lessons to be learned from it. But one of them is don't mess with people that have extra time and that know how to use the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Which because is a lot of people. A lot of them. A lot of them should be working for the FBI and aren't. <laughs> So,
0: I uh, one of the things that I watched that I initially was dismissive of was Evil Genius, the bomb collar documentary. I have not seen that. Oh my god, that is it's fucked. Basically, the premise is in 2003, a dude robbed a bank, saw style. Basically, he had a bomb collar around his neck. Oh, my God! I remember, and like, he hearing was about that made to rob the bank because if he didn't, they would blow the bomb collar up. And it's the story <laughs> of that whole thing unfolding
1: and it happened. It blew up,
0: <laughs> and it did. yeah, it, did, it die. did. yeah,
1: I remember seeing that, like, well, hearing that on the news, like and and them just showing footage of him with the collar on just sitting down in a field somewhere,
0: and you know, what's funny is that in the documentary, they actually show him and the bomb caller exploding and that's less upsetting to me than the idea <laughs> of a cat being abused. Yeah. It, it, that's
1: That's yeah. I'm going to be honest, it's the same with me too. I mean, <laughs> you yeah.
0: know. Um, but it's really a fascinating. I'm just like I couldn't believe it's it's like the oh fuck the catcher whatever the fuck it is that dude who like killed his wife and yeah. was caught basically by like forgetting that the microphone is on and going to the bathroom and basically. Oh his yeah.
1: Yeah. And the he jinx was, um,
0: is what it is. The J went to the
1: bathroom. He had the, he had the wireless mic on and he was talking, he was basically just saying, you know, Oh, they, they, they found, they found out I'm, I'm gone. You know, they're gonna know I did it. And, and that's how we got caught. Mm-hmm.
2: Internalize your thoughts, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> There's, I, I was
1: on a I was on a binge of like watching random YouTube videos and I I was watching one of this guy um, who was a popular Twitch streamer um, and he was in a wheelchair and he would like ask, ask people for donations and he would get it. He got like a lot of money for making people believe that he was really like wheelchair bound and he left his camera on. (laughs) And he went up to go to the bathroom or something. And everybody saw him get up and walk away.
0: That's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff on
2: YouTube. People be real smart until they're dumb. (laughs) Right.
3: It's
0: like 95% of the plan is perfect. Except for the last 5% when you leave the fucking camera or the audio on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's gotten so many people. Just people not knowing they're, you know, they left their mics on, saying stupid shit. I'm know.
2: I'm surprised I haven't had a girlfriend that I've busted because they've done some stupid. <laughs> <dance>. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. It's a matter of time. To be honest, I mean,
0: I do yes. feel at some point in time, everyone will have their own basically like YouTube channel where they put every personal thought ever on it. So it's coming and you will be able to do it. Oh, it's here. There are people like
1: that. I know. I'm I'm so happy. I didn't have YouTube when I was 13 because like the, the, the embarrassing shit I would post, you know, I remember getting it when I was 15 and I made a mashup video of Tekken five and rancid's fall back down. And I made a little music video of it.
3: Oh,
0: you're a young boy. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm only 30. I'm 30 a little guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Don't, you know, don't out yourself, Kyle, for being an old man.
2: I have to say, if you're talking about Tekken and 5, and I'm like, I'm 13 and it's Tekken 5, you're a young guy. Kyle's like,
1: I'm 13 uh, and 10. Kyle, One you don't sound old. <laughs> Thank you.
2: I don't look like it either, so I got that going for me Good. too. Whiskey helps. It's I've pickled myself, yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
2: worked out well
1: absolutely
0: and, and so that's an interesting you know being 30 and, and being part of the retro wave sort of of thing do you think it's your access to like those movies was part of like the ubiquitous like net beginning of netflix and be, like how did you come into like all the stuff that you're into in the scene because like I really appreciate that you're bringing this back to the original topic right now. It's amazing. I will do it at some point.
1: Always. It all comes for full circle. No, I I grew up in front of uh, in front of the TV. Um, my my mom and my dad didn't really, you know, restrict me from watching certain things. They kind of did, but you know, I was watching South Park when I was like six or seven. Um, and i would always watch i would always watch horror movies and be terrified as a kid like i remember child's play i was absolutely horrified but that's what kind of you know drew me to horror movies and wanting to watch them when i got a little older just because of that like it was the only type of movie that had such a weird effect on me and i'm like oh man i got to see you know i got to see jack frost i remember in the 90s this jack <laughs> frost movie came out And I wound up renting the horror movie, Jack Frost. Yes. Somebody (laughs) mistook it and put it. So at the local blockbuster. So I watched the horror version, which actually was, it was a bad movie, but at the time it scared the crap out of me, you know? So, um, and one of the reasons I've been listening to Rob zombie and like all these, um, have like KMFDM. Because I was yeah. always into soundtracks for like video games and movies, and I remember Rob Zombie was in the soundtrack for this game. Um, I, no, it was Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal um, yep. mm-hmm. Three. There you
0: go.
1: Had Rob's like Rob Zombie music all over it, and I fucking loved it. And that's what kind of got me into metal too. Did you and get into Jetset
2: or Jet Grind Radio? Because
1: that had yes. a Rob Zombie track in it too. It did. Yeah, and at the time, I'm so happy that he was, like, licensing all of his stuff out, because I remember there was this game called Arctic Thunder, and Dragula was in that, and that's one of my favorite songs from him. Um, But as a kid, like, you know, playing video games and listening to Rob Zombie, it's like, there's no other experience.
2: (laughs) That's where the Venn diagram completely covers each other. There's no overlap. It's just, like, one circle. It's one circle, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, because definitely, like, the, the the tail end of White Zombie, the beginning of Rob Zombie, him and, like, Fear Factory and, like, you know, KMFDM, and, and there were definitely a lot of video games, a lot of... Because, um, like, Duke Nukem had pretty much, like, all of Fear Factory's remanufacture on it.
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it actually, it was pretty cool knowing that the developers of the games were you know also cool people <laughs>
0: <laughs> right they're they're into really yeah. like cool I- interesting music i mean that's how i got into kmfdm honestly is from the the first duke dukem game is like you know like or, wow. you know like knowing that like fear factory and and like all of that it just you go down the rabbit hole of figuring all that stuff out so
1: yeah yeah and um one of my favorite bands nashville pussy have you ever heard of them
0: yes yes
1: indeed. yes they are in um this game. It was like a twisted metal knockoff called Rogue Trip. I think, I think it was like twenty ninety nine or something. It was for the PlayStation, but it was a twisted metal game, but their music was also all over that. And I remember in the booklet they had like they were promoting their album at the time that had come out and it was like it was like, oh man, this band called National Pussy, I can't even say the band name. It's so <laughs> cool. I'm you know, getting troubled. <laughs>
0: They're so cool, you can't even say their name out loud. Yeah. I mean, that is pretty cool. That is a very 90s thing. Like, I can't say this shit. That's a cool thing. can't say this. The first rule is you can't say the thing. And the second rule is... Parental
1: advisory, you know?
0: You can't say the thing.
1: Yeah, I found out recently that um, the guitarist for um, Nashville Pussy and the guitarist for White Zombie actually lived a few blocks away from me um in new orleans like yeah they they migrated here for a little bit um i don't know where they are now i know the lead singer for nashville pussy is in um it's in like spain i think he, he's totally living in another country
2: that makes sense
1: which is cool yeah
2: the guitar who's the guitarist who because i know a couple um,
1: it's uh let me get her name
0: oh yeah okay yeah. not who i'm thinking sean about, then. sean Usalt. Is the, yes.
1: Is the bassist
0: yes. for White Zombie. She did not yes. transfer. Because
2: I was thinking of the guitar player. Blasco um, or mm-hmm. Riggs? No. It is Johnny, um, John, Johnny something? John Tempesta? Johnny Five or some shit? Oh, like John that? Five Johnny. is the current guitarist for Rob
0: Zombie. Okay. But played for Manson beforehand. And that's what for Okay, Katy Katie Lang. So how do you. Like, so K- yeah. John Five went from. Um, uh, David Lee Roth, Katie Lang, then to Marilyn Manson, and then landed in Rob Zombie.
1: Dude, it's, so, it's such an iconic...
2: <laughs> like, just like... T- also, respect, yeah, though. Two or to yeah. yeah.
1: So much respect. Like, that's... Marilyn Manson live is also very fun. I've unfortunately seen him twice. I saw him um, this, this past... Uh, the twins tour that he did with rob Zombie, the second one twins of evil yeah that was a that was an awesome tour um and i saw him years ago um and he's he's just another fun fun guy to listen to you know
0: i'm old but i've seen manson like (laughs) a very very late 90s uh time ago and it was a great show He's definitely showing. Yeah,
2: I actually regret not seeing Manson like in the heyday. Is this thing? You, I could just listen to him talk about shit too, though. Yeah, I, oh,
0: I will yeah. say that, like, at least in the time frame that I saw him, it's a show. It's a production. It's a whole thing. It's not just, you know, you could you could argue the merits of his ability to sing live, but the show overall was like in the show like. I think this is, well, this is early two thousands. He had like backup drummer ladies and one of their tops flew off and then they just end up playing topless the whole time. Titty drumming. Titty drumming. <laughs> That's the thing well, that happened. Wild
1: Zombie. He had, uh, he had strippers on stage too, for the longest time. Um, when he would tour, he just had like, did they strip Yes. This... Yeah. Okay. And they did. And they, right, were in, they were in cages too. Like it was, it was crazy. Uh, it's kind of like crazy 70s exploitation movie backdrops that he had. Oh, of course he would have um, that. That
2: makes sense. If, yeah. if anything, yes.
0: Yeah, obviously.
2: Yeah. Um why hasn't Clinton so sick, Tarantino though. done anything with
0: Rob Zombie? Yeah. I have n- it's probably cuz Rob Zombie thinks that he's a, a a movie auteur and <laughs> does his all his own videos now. <laughs> uh, so that's probably why. I feel like and listen, I'm I may catch some heat from this. But it's like Rob Zombie tries to do what Quentin Tarantino does, but just like not at all.
2: <laughs> okay. I <laughs>
0: yes, I totally get this. So that makes sense. Like yeah. if you if you see any of Rob Zombie's movies, like it, there's the callbacks to like 70s like grindhouse movies and and like thrasher movies and and all that kind of stuff, but He doesn't do them nearly as successful as Tarantino does. And Tarantino... That is is a good point.
1: And Tarantino... That is a good point.
0: ...is admittedly a copycat. Like, he steals scenes from movies, like, beat for beat, but to just translate it from, like, a Japanese, like... Oh, yeah. ...movie to, like, his kind of thing. So, like... Yeah. To be a knockoff of a knockoff, I... mm, (laughs)
1: I yeah, know. no, I, I totally... Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood?
2: I haven't. I, haven't I feel like a piece of shit because I haven't seen it. Here Here's my thing it's... with
0: every Tarantino movie. Every Tarantino yeah. movie since, like, uh, like, Pulp Fiction, I'm like, I'm not going to see that movie. It seems dumb. And then I go and see it, and I'm like, this is amazing. But I've been that way with it's... every single one
1: since. Pulp Fiction is one of the... It's... One of the best, I think, movies ever made. That's me. But Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is totally. Di- it's different than anything he's he's done so far, and it's basically a love letter to old Hollywood. You know, it's it's also a fictional take of like what would have happened if circumstances were different when right. you know the Manson family went to go kill Sharon Tate. Right. You know, it's kind of like I'm not going to give bastards. anything away. Yeah,
0: it's an alternate version of reality.
1: Yeah, it's also like *Inglorious Bastards*. When it's like an alternate version of of World War Two.
2: I Um, also feel like every Quentin Tarantino movie since *Death Proof* has been an apology since *Death Proof* because it was (laughs) such a bad movie.
1: (laughs) I actually kind of like *Death Proof*. You know, when I saw an interview with him and he said that that was his most that's the movie he disliked the most. I'm like, ah, I, I kind of liked it.
2: I mean, yeah. I just like it the I mean, most too. The whole premise of the movie could have been just like eliminated by them applying the brakes.
1: <laughs> that is true. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's, movie's yeah. over. They stopped. Yeah.
2: But like, Turning and then
1: off that, uh, that song. Yeah. And then Django <laughs>
2: Unchained came out and I was like, okay, this is like, okay, sorry for that. Here's something, oh, yeah. something else. But, yeah, I do feel bad in, like, the past month or so, speaking of Alamo Drafthouse, like we were earlier, like, I've been doing nothing but going there and seeing movies, like, multiple times a week. And I've felt kind of bad that they didn't have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood there because that is a movie I should have seen. It should have been, you know, high up on my things to-do list, but unfortunately, I just didn't go see it.
1: Yeah yeah I would recommend seeing it though just just at least seeing it it is a cool it's a cool movie um it's it's definitely a lot of people didn't didn't like it um for how they portrayed some like
0: yeah Bruce um, Lee for instance like yeah they didn't get that like it's a, a satire in some ways so like Bruce Lee being overly, like, too arrogant and too cocky and then Brad Pitt being able to, like, take him out, apparently, like, pissed take off. Take him out
1: in one hit. Yeah, like, pe- people didn't like that. They also portrayed, like, some of the famous instances that have happened in Hollywood with, with different people, like, actors, and some of it was over the top. People didn't like that. Gee, it's Quentin Tarantino. that
0: Could that happen? I don't yeah, fucking know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's totally he's a known for being a documentary factual filmmaker yeah
2: <laughs> death proof factual <laughs>
3: right
0: that he could do a new cut of that movie
1: he's doing so the show is uh, the movie's based on um um leo dicaprio in this show called bounty law that was popular in the 50s and and Throughout the movie, it's showing that like now he's he's struggling for work because he's getting older and he's um, he's a perfectionist when it comes to his acting. And like any time he messes up a scene, he he literally beats the shit out of himself in his trailer. Um, But Quentin is actually directing um, a a show based on the movie. Uh, He's doing a few episodes of the fictional show from the movie. So. I thought that was pretty cool. That's like like like
0: the most Quentin Tarantino thing to do ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember when Grindhouse came out and they like, you know, Machete was one of those trailers and then, um, they wound up doing a movie, a couple of movies of Michelle. Oh, man. It was of Robert Rodriguez.
2: I really wish they did Werewolf Women of the SS. Yes. So, <laughs> that would
1: have been fun.
2: That was my favorite part of
0: the entire <laughs> hold, thing. Hold on, hold on. Because Nicolas Cage was in that shit. And also, yeah. wasn't that a Rob Zombie directed short? I'm pretty sure it was. It might oh, have man. been. I'm pretty sure that each one of those little shorts was a different filmmaker. So you had Eli Roth doing Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think you have yeah. Rob Zombie doing Nazi Women of the SS.
1: And... That is... Uh, you're right. Werewolf Women of the SS was directed by Rob Zombie.
2: Fucking yep. Nick Cage as, Nick Cage like, as Fu Manchu. Man <laughs> God damn it. If you haven't listened to our show before, which... Either I applaud you for listening to our previous episodes or not listening to our previous episodes. You will know that I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan, so
1: there's that. So am I. So am I actually... um, One of the songs that I did with my friend Greg, Cobra Wipeout, is called The Unholy Gimmick. And the visuals for that, when I play live, is Nicolas Cage from Face Off doing the, the head roll... In his um, his priest costume. God damn it! <laughs> it's,
2: it's like you know. Earlier, I said, "Did we become best friends?" But we. <laughs> there is no denying it now that we definitely are.
1: <laughs>
2: oh shit!
1: Yeah, oh. He, he's a uh, he's a trip, man.
2: <laughs> so, and then just grabbing the ass and yelling into the air <laughs> after that part. Yeah. Yes. How could you not? So speaking yeah. of Nicholas that, Cage, that's
1: just. A, Hammer the point home that he's crazy and you need to watch out for him.
0: <laughs> did you see the color out of space?
1: Not yet. Oh, you should do it. Not yet. I I did see his interview uh where he's wearing his iconic jacket.
0: Of course, um, the
1: jacket. Yeah. Yeah, that it I'm definitely planning on seeing it. I just haven't gotten around to see was it. Was he yet.
2: wearing amazing e shirt too again? Yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: he's got like five clothing items. <laughs> he just does him. He's and,
2: so fucking cool. i would to say that? Yeah,
1: yeah, he's awesome. He used to own, um, he used to own um an, an old mansion in New Orleans, <laughs> um, and it was Marie Laveau who was oh, a. Oh um, yes. Yeah, he used to own her old mansion here, and it has a lot of. I don't know if he still does but he probably it's had a lot of bad off. History there
0: So yeah. if you I mean if you're wondering about Maria Laveau, if you want, ever watch american horror story for those that are listening, you can get kind of like an overly fetishized version of who that is. Which yeah. is like Yeah, uh, I
1: have and I and I have seen that season, but I'm going to give you uh a uh kind of like an insider's knowledge. Ooh, the okay. mansion that um Coven was used for is only a few blocks away from where I live and they've been filming inside of it on and off for the past three months. So
0: oh, definitely going
1: to be another season uh, revisiting the Coven House. Shit. This yeah.
0: just is.
2: But specifically for American Horror Story, do we know that or is it for something else?
1: That's, that's a good point. Um, I did see... They've been trying to film at night, probably not to give it away. But if you kind of look at when American Horror Story is coming out, it's October. They've been filming um, since the end of October. So kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be a new American Horror Story season. Kyle, do you, ever, do
0: you watch American Horror Story as it comes out? Or are you, are you like me where you always watch the first couple of episodes and then you're done?
2: I will have it on. I've watched what's ever on you know, the streaming things. So I'm not like up to date with the newest thing but then again i kind of
1: 1984 was good okay and, and i'm not saying that because i'm a fan of the uh the 80s I'm,
2: I I'm kind of good. a shithead so i'll put something on and get a little drunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's
1: one of them to do it
2: i yeah. might not be a hundred percent invested but it's on while i'm doing my thing Although it depends on what, at what point in my life I am the biggest shithead or not. Right. (laughs) Which can vary highly. (laughs) Day to day. (laughs) Minute to minute. (laughs) It can vary. (laughs) So there is that going for me.
0: Okay. I did watch all of Apocalypse. And was happy about it. I enjoyed that season. Um, but I haven't yeah. seen anything of 1980. Because I feel like, I don't know, like, there's... And I don't know if, like, if you feel this way, Kyle. I mean, there's so much stuff going on all at once, all the time, that it's hard to keep up with anything, I feel like, most of the time.
2: I feel like there's a lot going on right now. And I just, like, also, at some points in time, don't care about anything. Yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, two uh, i don't know yeah.
1: touche yeah i mean 12 episodes if anything is kind of a commitment you know that
2: is but if you can have it on and get like really drunk and just like look at your phone to see who's <laughs> commented on whatever <laughs> shitty just social forget. media thing you've posted too <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fair. That's so funny. Just occasionally glance up. Oh. There is that. No, it's a new new year, a new
2: thing. There's new things going on. So I might not be... 2019 was a rough year for me and my penis. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully 2020 is a lot better. Listen, we're putting 2019 behind us. 2020 is forward. I I hope so. I don't need these problems. (laughs) Holy
0: shit. Uh, okay. You, uh, how much do you actually
2: retain when you're watching these shows shit-faced? It depends. I have this weird ability where, like, things of non-importance will stick with me. Like, I can remember things like that with photographic memory. There are other things that are, like, really important that happen a lot. Like, birthdays within people in my family... Which, after many years of being alive, I won't disclose how many in this particular episode. <laughs> I can't retain, like, I can't remember. But, like, I can remember clothes I wore when I met certain people and did things. It's it's really weird. I can remember everything of no importance with photographic memory, like, to the T important things i can't remember at all i don't know why it's like that right like my birthday like a day or two later yeah when was that i don't know i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's all right that's how my that is how my brain works
1: i get it there's nothing wrong with that you know
2: it's, there is, but thanks for saying
1: that I mean <laughs> that's nice I'm, I'm, i i'm kind of function the same way too you know so something important happens, and then two days later I'm like, what I'm like, I guess as I get older, it's just what's important to me, you know <laughs> I don't know if that's bad to say I don't like these things
2: are not important, but I can remember the first time I met someone what I was wearing from like fifteen years ago, or just weird oh, facts yeah. like that, but it's like hey, when's your mom's birthday? And I have to think about that. It's like, that's fucked up. And you
0: mean your own mom's birthday? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, uh, now, well now that I think about it, I know my mom's birthday is somewhere in March.
2: <laughs> 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 yes, you are like uh, me. Mine is yeah. in August. I believe it's the 20th, but I can remember other things. Like my stepdad's birthday, I got that shit on lock.
0: Your stepdad's birthday. Nice. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> Me, I got it all. I mean, family, it's all in lockdown, but it's it's conscious memorization. It's not like
2: happenstance. I'm if, like, if I was responsible, I'd write this down, <laughs> put it in the calendar yeah. on my iPhone or something like that. But it's it, never
1: been easy. It's a lot to ask, <laughs> it's a lot of work.
2: <laughs> a real it's, piece of shit, right? So I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the thing that I do and, like, wrap it all around. What's next for Destroyer?
1: Um, I do have a very special project planned with my friend Andrew, who is also Stranger. Um, that is it's, it's going to be kind of like a split EP or a split album. I think we're going to have four tracks each. But that is slated for the either middle or end of the year. It just depends on when we get shit done, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I will be playing some of those tracks at, uh, my upcoming shows. So if you're going to be around, just follow me on Instagram and you can find out where I'm playing.
2: What are these upcoming shows? Why don't you plug? You let the people know.
1: So I'm playing tomorrow knitting factory in Brooklyn with ghost and my good friend Sam, who is DJ Valentine, Sam Valentine. Um, I have a couple of shows I can't announce yet because they're not really finalized. But um, follow me on Instagram at Destroyer. You will see me post relentlessly, <laughs> relentlessly about them.
0: And let me <laughs> so. clarify for those that are listening: it's D E S T R Y U R, not
1: yes. Like, not the other band destroyer right
0: right it's kind of like not the power glove but the other power glove
1: yes yeah uh, which
2: has caused a lot of confusion yes
1: g-l-u-v
2: indeed Indeed.
0: (laughs) okay Uh, what i want you to do is i hope that you get to meet ghost and let us know how it is but in the DMs,
2: absolutely. Well, oh, well, that'll be a thing. Yeah, it has oh, to yeah. be a thing. <laughs>
0: just, just because. Yeah, you just need to let us know because we're big fans of Ghost.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I am I a really will, big uh, fan of you. Is there any? Is there anything you want me to say to him?
2: Oh shit, Kyle! No, I. You know what? I am going to say this. I feel your album is the hottest thing, Panic, to come out recently. That's the thing I'm most focused on. Yeah.
0: I'll agree. Wow. I'm listening to Alex's new album. I'm listening to um, Elay Arson's new album and yours. That's a
1: that's a very good one. Elay Arson's.
0: And I'm saying yours. Your album is the best thing that's out right it's now. It's the best thing that's happening. Dude. And I know Thank that it's you. like October... But like it's the thing I can't stop listening to.
1: You you want to know something funny? So when it came out, do you do you guys really follow like Twitch or any of the Twitch broadcasters? No, I, don't, I, don't
0: even, I barely know what that is.
1: Okay, so there's <laughs> I know there's I know what guy, it is. <laughs> people play video games for money, and some of them make a ton of money, which is ridiculous but, um, to me. It's insane. Yeah, I, I I don't think I could watch people play video games unless there was commentary you know but um this one guy man versus game he's he's one of like the og twitch guys he's one of the first guys to actually start making money playing games online because he would have like he would have personal relationships with you know his his chad and he would um he would just have fun with it but he came across the album and he started playing it on his stream and, like, for a week straight, it was the only thing he was playing. And he's like, I just can't Dude. get enough of this album. He started posting links about it, and that's when, like, the momentum kind of picked up of new people finding As out about
2: it. it, it. Fucking two, two weeks straight, your album is the one that I keep going back to. And, I'm, and I do have to say, like, yes, I'm a huge fan of Alex. Yes, I'm a huge fan of these other people. But I feel like your album, Panic, is the hottest dark wave album that's out right now. For sure. I will go back to that before anyone else's. Yeah.
1: I really appreciate that because when I release it, I'm like, eh, I hope everybody likes this. (laughs) (laughs) Hope it gets a few sales. It's it's so good.
2: It is so goddamn good. And I've said this previously on the show before. Like, I feel embarrassed that I didn't know about this sooner than I did. But, like really this album i am so embarrassed that i didn't know about it sooner than i did yeah because it is so goddamn good and it's like earlier in the episode eric and i were saying like you know it's dark wave but it's got a different thing going for it it's whatever it is it is so good that like this this is the album like this is the thing that I want. This is the thing that I'm going to get on vinyl. Like this is the thing that I've constantly been listening to. It's I, really good. I really
1: appreciate that. And, and just I mean, so you know, like, like like
0: for Kyle to give any sort of like anything like positive affirmation anything is a huge, cause Kyle hates everything, it's, <laughs> hates everything, including his life. That's true. And he oh, loves man. this album. So, like, that's huge. I know that that's high praise, basically.
1: Kyle, Kyle, I will throw in extras for you when I ship your order, um, which will be very soon. So, please, if you (laughs) can't, when you guys get the vinyls, can you please, like, take pictures and post Obviously, We're going to blow this
2: shit up. Awesome. I mean, like, I know Eric feels the same way I do. Like, this is a very special album. For sure. And anybody who missed out on it, too fucking bad you missed out on this shit because this is the hottest yeah. thing out right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't I see agree. a re pressing anytime soon. So. Good. Um, I mean, who knows? I, you know,
2: uh, I don't, don't say I feel, that. I don't think so. But I feel I, like, I, I
1: mean, addition to the it it's be a not going to be this year. So,
0: right. Yeah, like, man. I get, like, you know, Carpenter Brood has done multiple editions of trilogy like that make it's just like it's printing money at this point. You'd like, hey there's yeah. an edition or trilogy coming out, and then everyone, like Ross, buys all of the editions of that album at eighty dollars yeah. a piece or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. But I bought um I bought uh, uh Perturbators Uncanny Valley on vinyl on Discogs like a splatter version for like almost a hundred and I was not sad about it at all.
0: <laughs> so you know? um, I'm about to make you sad. Yeah. So do okay. you pay attention to Blood Music at all? I do. So yeah. Blood Music had the sale of the rarities and he was selling it at just regular retail. So oh, I, picked cool. up, I picked up the <laughs> same version of that and paid way less money. You know, you could have said ah. nothing and then, like, not done this right now. I know, I feel bad. Nick. But I feel like it, it's like, you need to pay attention to the people that are doing, like, Blood Music is, like, the label that, like, really helped usher in Dark Wave. Oh, yeah. You know,
1: yeah, like Ghost, perturbator Dan Terminus,
0: Dinatron, like, if yeah. you're not paying attention to Blood and their sales, like, you missed out on a lot of opportunity to buy some really hot albums at very reasonable prices.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm one of those, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's okay though.
2: But I hope
1: I hope I hope I see my uh my record one day on Discogs or um eBay for over a hundred. But if it comes from uh Minnesota I'm going to know who it is. <laughs> but really is that a thing that you
2: want though? Do you do you want to know that like in the aftermarket your records selling more for what you originally headed up for? Would that bother you um, at all?
1: It it would like for for fans who actually want it at a decent price. I think what I, I think what I'm going to do, I have copies stored away for live events only. So I think what I'm going to do is like anytime I see it come up for, you know, a higher price than when I was selling it, I'll just post. Oh, two more on my bank camp. you know. Smart. <laughs> just this, to kind of screw you're, over you're, the people trying to resell. You're, you're, you know? you're
0: good. You're good man. Thank you for doing that because
2: that's. You know. <laughs> I also feel like that's a really hard thing with how many, or not how many, but how little copies that were made of your album.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, my friend Joey who owns he owns Disco Obscura. It's a record store here. And he like when he gets stuff pressed, it's also a record label. He does like minimums of like 500. So, I told him like I'm like, "Yeah, I did only 300." He's like, "I did only 100." And he's like, "Well, you should have at least did like 3 because, you know, those are going to sell out pretty quick and you won't have any more to sell." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's a good point." So,
2: I don't know. It's hard to tell, though. In like in general, Very. is the synthwave thing.
1: Very maybe going um, to
2: the dark wave thing even tougher. But it's I have to say, like yours is the hottest album that's come out in the last couple of years.
3: Oh, for
1: sure, dude. Absolutely, that, insane, and I appreciate that. That's like more than I could have ever asked for because you know when you when you make the music and you listen to it a hundred times to make sure it's perfect, you kind of lose that, you know, you don't have that same experience as somebody who's just listening to it for the first time. I feel the
0: same way when, because we have friends that are synth wave artists and I've heard their shit so many times. I just don't give a shit. I'm just there to support them, (laughs) but I just don't care. Like, dude, I've heard your song in every iteration of your song. Like, I just can't do it anymore. But like, so I mean, I understand that kind of like that, it, you're distant from it, and you have to yeah. be at some point. Just be like, I need to get the fuck away from this thing. But yeah, and, it's... and
1: the best, the best way to do that is just release it. You yeah, know? that way you can be like, okay, I'm done. I'll, I'll focus on new stuff.
0: It's hot. It's panic. It's Paradise Arcade. 100% endorsed.
2: Yeah, like if this was Rotten Tomatoes, you have a hundred. You have a hundred and ten percent from the both of us. Yeah, for your album, wow. it's it's so fucking good. Yeah, and it's so different. It is very different than yeah. stuff that's out right now. And I feel that that's very refreshing. Yeah, that that is the case. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I like um, I like how how people are saying oh like every track is different and how there's different sounds and so it's real like some of the songs I've been working on. Like, you know, over a year, and I threw it on there. Um, And some of the songs I came up with, like, in a couple of months. So it's kind of cool to kind of just cram everything together on one album. So uh, get it out there for everybody.
2: Follow up question. Yes. Because I want to know, I don't know about anyone else, is are you working on any new material?
1: I am. I am. And I'll be debuting. A couple of tracks tomorrow, um, at the ghost Show at Knitting Factory in Brooklyn.
2: God damn it! God damn it! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the answer that I want to hear. Ghost.
1: Yes, I try to like. I feel like um, my friend, my friend Sam, Sam Valentine. Um, he would book me like every month. He would try to book me for something new, like another show. He's like, "Oh, you're playing." You want to play this day? And I'll be like, yeah. And I kind of wanted to give people something new to listen to. So that's kind of what pushed me to finish the album and get everything out there.
2: So you aren't shy about doing live shows then. This Is like—is this something that you're actively pursuing?
1: Uh, now I am. At first, I was kind of like testing the waters. I mean, I think my first live show, I was just like a board standing on stage not doing anything. And everybody was like, oh, it's good. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think it was good. I wasn't really doing much. So now I have at least a beer or two before I go out on stage and kind of loosen up.
0: Perfect respect. <laughs>
1: you respect. Know. Yeah. And yeah, just try not to mess up. And that's the uh, that's the goal.
2: Uh, you may be hearing from us in the future then. Yeah, because regarding live yeah. shows.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We have things we can talk about after the show. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so, totally. So... What else do we want to? So like,
2: please promote anything that you. This is the opportunity right now. Like what you are doing, what you have, shout it out. Let people know.
1: Thank you. Um, you can find me on Destroyer.Bandcamp.com. That's D-E-S-T-R-Y-U-R. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Destroyer. Um, I have six copies of Panic left on vinyl on. Bandcamp. It's unbelievable.
2: That, if you don't have this fucking album, and you're into Dark Synth at all, Synthwave, you are fucking up if you don't have this yeah. album. This reminds me, so
0: it reminds me a bit of, like, the best parts of, like, the Secret Arcana album from Ghost. Like,
1: oh, yeah. like, a little bit of, one. like,
0: early Perturbator, a little bit, like, I, I it's just your own thing. Like, you have your own thing. Like-
2: it's different. The, I say this is completely different. This is its own thing. This album rips so fucking hard.
0: Yeah. You need Thank this you. album. And for, so for, like, you, like, we're S and your D really hard, and we don't really typically do that. So, like, this is high praise coming from this show.
1: I, re- I really appreciate that. It, it, because you guys are, like you guys listen to a lot of music. So a lot of synthwave music. I'm choking on that. (laughs) 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 No, that means a lot guys. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And
2: um, you know what? Like we feel incredible to be able to have you on our show, to have this be so short notice to get you on here. It's we really, really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to keep you guys waiting. Like, um, I know um, stuff comes up and I'm like, Yeah, totally I get out of work at five, so it all works out. So It was amazing. Um awesome. Yeah, and if you guys ever want to talk of more about movies and you know we early two thousands metal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> These are all the things that I like, so yes. Of course so is. this is something that I wanna do again.
0: All right. So let's wrap up the show. Um cool. until next time, this is Eric.
2: This is Kyle.
1: And this is Destroyer.
2: Yes, buy the album if it's not sold out already. If it is, fuck you, you missed out. <laughs> so, by, you don't mess panic, up.
1: Buy Panic. If you live in Brooklyn, New York, you need to come to Nightwave and San Junipero events. They're the only retro wave, dark synth parties that are happening in the New York area. So definitely check that out. Um, yeah, and thank you guys. Thank you for listening.
3: Some motherfucking parents I suck it.